Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows where we learned about scientific efforts to revive the woolly mammoth, the latest in military drone technology, and the mysterious Shroud of Turin. And you can listen to those programs and many more amazing Coast shows by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Jonathan Simon, Executive Director of Election Defense Alliance. Now, this is a not-for-profit organization founded about 12 years ago to restore observable vote counting and electoral integrity as the basis, of course, of American democracy. Dr. Simon has worked as a specialist in election forensics since 2002, He has appeared in several election integrity-related films, including Stealing America, Vote by Vote, and Uncounted, The New Math of American Elections. Dr. Simon is a graduate of Harvard and New York University School of Law and is admitted to practice law in Massachusetts. And he is back with us after about a three-year hiatus, right in the middle of election stuff. Jonathan, welcome back. Yes, thanks, George. It's good to be back, and uh, it's been quite a three years. So. You, you know, uh, we've got uh, Bev Harris, who comes on quite a bit, and she's concerned about uh, the way we vote as well. How serious is this situation, John? Serious as cancer. I mean, it does. It really doesn't get more core than this. I mean, this is the, the basic, fundamental bedrock protocol of a democracy is the electoral process, and how the votes are counted is obviously essential to that. So you can there are a bunch of different places you can put thumbs on the scale, and uh, you know one of them is in suppressing the vote and you know making sure the people you don't want to vote don't get to vote. Um, and Greg Pallas has done great work with that. And there was just a lead article um, in the Sunday Times uh, review section by uh, Carol Anderson, a professor down at Emory uh, University in Georgia, all about the suppression of the vote. And what we focus on is the other side, one of the other thumbs on the scale, which is what happens after the vote's cast uh, and the counting process takes place. And that counting process is as bad as it was in 2002. It's gotten worse. Um, It's a system designed to be concealed. Um, These votes are counted in the pitch dark of cyberspace. um, And we have trusted this system um, for some rational reasons and many irrational reasons. Uh, and this is what's, you know, this is the machine that's humming at the, at, at, really at the very core of our broken politics right now. Back in 1960, Joseph Kennedy, John Kennedy's father, literally bought Illinois by working with the mob and bought some votes. And they, uh, they probably got the election because... Uh, Richard Nixon came very close to defeating John F. Kennedy. In those days, we didn't have a lot of technology. How did they steal elections then, Jonathan? And then what are they doing today? Well, I mean, it's a fascinating thing because, you know, historically, elections, what that tells you um, is that elections are very, very high-stakes games. And there's always been a lot of uh, skullduggery surrounding elections because they matter. We now know Mm -hmm. elections matter in spades. And, uh, but when you went to steal an election back in, in 1960, you pretty much had to do it machine by machine and ward by ward. Uh, we called it retail uh, election theft. And the thing about back then, before the technology, 
uh, was not that everybody was an angel, but there, it, the opportunity was there for both sides. It was sort of an equal opportunity game. Uh, it wasn't a pretty game. Most of the time, uh, though, to steal an election that way, you really, really have to work at it. Um, so election theft was not rampant. But once it became computerized, and those computers um, are produced and programmed and distributed by private outfits um, that have a, a strong partisan affiliation, uh, then it became a one-sided game. Uh, and that and and in addition to being one-sided, it's now what we call wholesale rigging. Chuck Herron, very very memorably, he was a a, a Republican, uh, you know, by politics, but he was an an IT uh, professional, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, it takes a long time to uh, to change ten thousand votes by hand. I can do it in three seconds Jeez. in a computer. And that's actually an understatement. Uh, you can do it a lot quicker, and you can change a lot more votes. So you can actually, you know, change the results of elections pretty much surgically, and you can really target it. And basically, when when push comes to shove, um, you can basically perpetrate a rolling coup um, in a in a country like ours that is closely divided. Uh, it doesn't take that heavy a thumb on the scale. And when you're stripping voters off the voter rolls uh, illegitimately, but you're, you're cynically stripping voters off the voter rolls, that takes care of some. And you can take care of the rest by shifting votes um, in cyberspace, on these memory cards and in the, the processing uh, part of, of the vote count. These, these votes, uh, they... they wind up whether the machines uh, specific machine is connected to the internet or not um, the internet is very much a part of the vote counting process because it's part of the programming process mm-hmm. of the memory cards that go in these machines because I remember in the old days I'd watch elections and you know Walter Cronkite would be anchoring the news for CBS and they would cut to their election central and you'd see a guy on a ladder changing the numbers by hand so we could all see them up on the board. Yeah, it was like Wrigley Field. Uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Four to two, Cubs that, win. I mean, the numbers, you know, after the, after the guy on the ladder a few years later, I mean, the numbers would sort of roll up behind Walter Cronkite and behave, behind David Brinkley. And we came to trust that. I mean, we are the beacon of democracy. Elections uh, are the real core of that. We thought we were the best in class as far as, as around the world, the way we run elections. So there's a real strong culture of trust when it comes to our elections. And that's something that if I were seeking to um, alter elections and rig elections as an operative or as a foreign state, um, as a hacker or an insider, I would exploit that trust. And I would look at that and say, wow, this one's ripe for the picking. This country's ripe for the picking because they watched Walter and they watched David Brinkley and they trusted those guys and they trust the media and they trusted this whole process. If they trusted nothing else, this is the one thing they trusted. We cast a vote, it's counted, we go home, we put our feet up, we watch TV, and we find out what the results are. So this was a system that was, and I, you know, I go into this in, in, in Code Red at some length, what the history um, of, of this, this um, rigging uh, is, that this, this was a system that was very, very vulnerable, not just technologically, but psychologically as well. Is it safe to say rigging for elections has always occurred, but now it's rampant because of technology? 
Yeah, I mean, that's only part of the story. I, it, I, I would say that there has always been motivation to attempt to win elections by means fair and foul. Uh, what's different now is you can do it systematically. So really throughout the country, you can take over the infrastructure. You can get right down to the, you know, we're not just talking the presidency. We're talking the Senate. We're talking the House. We're talking state legislatures. The, the core, the infrastructure of American politics, what is behind um, the, the, the behavior, let's say now, of, of, of Donald Trump um, is this Republican control throughout um, all these states and obviously throughout the Congress. So you can spread those tentacles of interference or meddling, as we now like to call it with elections, uh, very wide and really take over an entire system. And what we've seen, I mean, my, my work here is uh, a good part of it is devoted to forensics, which is trying to um, amass the, the data and analyze it and look at the evidence of the patterns, uh, whether we're using exit polls or we're using pre-election polls or we're using comparatives between hand counts and machine, you know, and computer counts or competitive elections and non-competitive elections. We look at it many, many different ways. And what we've seen really since the computers took over in, in 2002 um, is very one-sided. And, you know, so we approach it from a nonpartisan standpoint, which is to say we're looking at numbers, we're looking at processes, and we're, we're trying to do an objective analysis. There's not much that's nonpartisan about what we found. It goes in the same direction. And, you know, frankly, it, 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 is, it has accounted um, for the, to the, the best we can measure it. Uh, it really has accounted for the veer of American politics and where American politics has gone in terms of partisanship, but also, George, where we've gone in terms of the breakdown of the political system, because right now in this country, wherever you stand on the political spectrum, most people don't feel represented. They don't feel adequately represented. They don't feel that the system is responsive. And that breakdown is something that we forecast many years ago as being a consequence of what interference with the electoral process, the vote counting process itself, would bring about. If, if uh, election systems are hacked or broken into, will the election commissions in those partic- uh, particular states know that it's happening? Probably not. I mean, the oh. evidence we have so far is that, that most of the states were in the dark uh, about the invasion of their, their voter databases. Um, and that's assuming that the main danger comes from breaking in, from hacking. Mm-hmm. And the metaphor I like to use is, look, you have an electoral house, call it a house, you know, just like any house that has windows and it has a front door. And all the attention uh, by the government, by the media, has been focused on who's breaking in the windows. Are the windows secure? Is anybody breaking in? Let's go check all the windows and see if anybody's hacked in, see if there's signs of forced entry. Completely ignoring the people who have keys to the front door and are sitting (laughs) in the kitchen drinking a beer. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.